0: You're listening to a mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast.
1: Hello, listeners. Welcome to the latest episode of Why Not Mint Money. I'm your host, Jash Kriplani. There is always a talk about the benefits of long-term investing in equity markets, but what about debt investments? In today's episode of Why Not Mint Money, we chat with Nitesh Buddadev, who is the founder of Nimit Consultancy, on what role debt investments can play in one's overall portfolio.
0: Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey.
1: Hi Nitesh, welcome to the latest episode of Why Not Mint Money. Nitesh, we wanted to chat with you today to understand where does debt investments sit in an investor's overall portfolio. You know, everyone talks about equity investments, you know, that over long term, you get, you know, fantastic returns from equity. What about debt investments? Where does debt sit in an investor's overall portfolio? How should investors look at debt?
0: Thank you so much, just for having me. As you rightly, rightly said, people are all interested and all gaga over equity. And debt is a bit in all this discussion and when also considering any portfolio allocation. Because it's perceived as a borrowing asset class. However, most boring things are good when it comes to wealth management. Uh, I think we all know about the capital preservation and the regular income generation ability of this asset class. However, the less focused aspects uh, just are it gives stability, helps to decrease the volatility in overall portfolio. It also provides with the much needed diversification we need in the portfolio when we combine it with the equity, gold, foreign equity, so that that is must i believe and also other other less focus aspect i would i would say that still it provides a much needed liquidity when there is an opportunity in liquidity as a tactical allocation so okay. i think it has a greater role to play with respect to whose portfolio it is
1: right right and you know in terms of goals what goals can it help towards achieving right equity people talk you know, is good when it comes to long-term goals. When it comes to debt, what kind of goals you know can be linked to debt investment?
0: See, even if if I if I see at this, even for a short-term a short-term goal, we only link the short-term goals to debt. But I believe even in the mid or long-term, also just debt has a role to play. If if we just speak about right now the short term goals, it can be, let's say I just want to pay school fees of my child for next year. And if that school fees is around 2.5 lakh, I can do a simple RD or invest monthly SIP in, let's say, a liquid or ultra short term fund, right? Right. So uh, this kind of a short term goal, but it's not just limited to the short term goal. We need to even have some kind of proper mix, even in my midterm goals, maybe five years away. Or maybe 10 years have a long-term goal okay so that is well to play even in that kind of situation also just
1: right right so you know for these kind of goals what kind of debt instruments can be considered for you know short short tenure goals or for even medium term goal
0: so just uh, when it, we see for the short term as i said it's plain vanilla rd or fd also solves the purpose but uh, when it comes to Meet to long-term goal, I think uh, debt mutual funds are ideal. Even okay. some of your long-term goals, your EPF, your PPF also takes care about that long-term thing because it's give that, it falls in that exempt, exempt, exempt category. Of course, with right. few conditions. So I think any everything. it can be a mix of your EPF. It can be a mix of your uh, debt funds also when we see about the long-term goals. Right,
1: right. You know, you also mentioned you know how debt investments can help in having a tactical allocation to equity at various points in time, whenever there is a strategic opportunity. Can you talk a bit more about this?
0: Yeah, so what, what I do and what we do for our investor is that for example, we, irrespective of any kind of long-term goal clients have, let's say a client is having a goal of, let's say, 8 years or 10 years. Mostly people said, okay, when you have 8-10 years goals, you can park everything in the equity. Right. But my, my view is you can have certain mix of, of course, gold and other asset class, but that is a must. Why? Because okay. let's say if you have that let's say 10 to 15% of debt, even in for that 10 years horizon and let's say risk profile of client is aggressive. Because of right. this 10 to 15% of debt, which uh, which we are holding, let's say as a medium term, or short term or ultra short term based on the interest scenario in the country or macro events. But simply speaking, uh, that 10 to 15% of the debt we have in the portfolio, it's bringing the, volat- bringing the volatility down. That's one part just. But when there is a, let's say, situation like 2020, when due to COVID crash, a market is suddenly dropped by 40%, it's very much possible that you might not have additional funds to put in. At this point of time, the equity premium, or equity valuation is so low, you can park that out of that 10-15%, you can at least park 50% of the let's say 7-8% to 8% can directly go to your equity. okay. Or in the face, you can park from debt to equity through STB. So that, I think, though cash has no value, people feel that but it can be of good good or very good value and it can also bring the overall portfolio
1: return uh, on a higher side when you utilize this as your friendly right right also you know can you uh, talk about you know how debt can be used as part of one's asset allocation in terms of you know rebalancing because like you mentioned that you know at some points equity valuations may run up would those be points wherein you know you may want to you know look at your tech equity mix and then you know bring a certain allocation down from equity and move that to debt and you know how should one go about that yeah just it's uh,
0: another another great point you touched upon like we can let's say uh, increase our equity allocation from debt when then uh, equity valuation is attractive. The same way there would be a situation in next, for example, a medium term to a long term goal in next, if I'm talking about like 10 years, there would be at least two, three, minimum two, three instances where I would feel that okay, equity might not perform well or it's highly priced or let's say a, this kind of a situation where we are experiencing since last 20 months time correction. So right. practically equity is not given any kind of a written. So in right. this kind of even last one, one and a half year, if somebody would have parked money or that reallocation from equity to debt, that would have earned a good return of, let's say, 7 to 9%. And now, at this point of time, if somebody feels that in the next one, one and a half year, equity can perform again good, that allocation can be again shifted to equity. So, from moving from equity to debt and debt to equity, based on the strategic or tactical allocation, one can use this asset class.
1: Right, right, right. And, you know, what about the young investors? Should they also look at debt? Or is it only meant for, you know, people as, say, you know as they age and how should young investors look at that
0: how should they approach that see i believe most of us need fixed income in our portfolio irrespective of our age or size of the portfolio for some or other reason if i see from the lens of financial planning be it a short term or long term as we discussed or from having having contingency corpus to bring stability in the portfolio or decrease the volatility or earn a better risk investor return you name it all okay that has a very clear cut role to play even in for a young investor. I'll give you a simple example just what people normally see that let's say if I'm investing my 100 uh, total 100 rupees in or 100% allocation in equity and let's say I'm assuming a 12% return on this equity portfolio okay but let's say if goal is medium term or let's say your risk profile is conservative. You, If if I combine these two and let's say debt is giving me 8% and equity is giving me 12% return. If I do 50-50 in both, by bringing volatility to mostly half, you can get 10% return. So I know it's 2% lesser than what I would have got in equity, but still it's good return. And now let's talk about someone with a higher risk taking ability. Let's say 75% in equity and just 25% in debt. So I need to I am what I'm trying to say here is that one need to see the weighted average return what this asset class can bring in your in your total portfolio. So for example, if I'm investing in equity, which can give me which can give me 12% return if I'm allocating 75% of my portfolio in that and let's say if I get 12% that will give me 9% return. Okay, and another 25% at 8% in that which will give me 2% still I'm getting 11% return by reducing 25% equity in my portfolio and I'm putting 75 equity and 25% in debt. And by combining this 12% and 8% in this weighted average approach, I'm still getting 11% return. So it's a, it's, I think it's a very good deal because you are introducing certain asset class, which will going to help you reduce the volatility. And also as we spoke about, we can always use this or use this for rebalance and other purpose. So this is, I think, not much looked upon or I think ignored aspect because people just see one return, one asset class return and ignore the other. But one needs to see from this
1: weighted average
0: return approach.
1: Yeah, Nitesh, that's a good point. And uh, also, I wanted to ask you, you know, when it comes to debt instruments, different debt instruments have their own characteristics, right? When it comes to liquidity, when it comes to interest rate, you know, sensitivity and as well as, you know, credit risk. So, you know, what should investors keep in mind when considering where they should invest? How they should align their goals with that debt instrument? And if you can give some, you know, basic framework for investors?
0: So, when it comes to a fixed income or uh, debt uh, investing, I religiously follow and suggest each of my investors to follow. SLR approach. Okay. SLR, I mean, is safety, liquidity, and return, and also just in that order. Okay. Right. right. So, when we talk about uh, safety, let me talk about a uh, few of the risks you, you highlighted. That right. comes with various kinds of risk, be right. interest rate risk, credit risk, liquidity risk, or a reinvestment risk. Okay. Right. So, right. even our FD, as we all aware, is uh, secured till 5 lakh only. So, if right. some banks go bad tomorrow, you cannot get more than 5 lakh from the Deposit insurance scheme, right? Sure. And it's sure. the same Bond yep. has a credit and interest rate risk. We we know that it has an inverse relationship with the yield. Okay. Right. Uh, it is an inter- inverse relationship with the interest rate. Sure. So every kind of risk exists also in that. I'm not saying that is uh, risk free, but we again need to manage the risk. And also if we see that SLR framework, okay, safety, liquidity, and return. We talked about what kind of risks are there. But people also ignore the liquidity aspects. People normally feel that all the debt are liquid by default. But we need to see that if you are investing in the PPF or EPF for that matter, it's locked in for a huge number of years, right? So if I'm opening right. PPF now, it's locked in for next 15 years. Of course, there is some provision for liquidity in case of emergency and marriage and buying a home situation, but it's not that easy to unlock that. Right. So, uh, sure. there are few aspects like a uh, government uh, securities, as we're discussing, or the government-backed thing, PPF, or Sukanya Sam- Sukanya Samriddhi or Senior Citizen Saving Scheme. It is, might not having a risk of credit, but liquidity risk is definitely there. So, okay. needs to understand the liquidity aspect. And when it comes to return in that framework, one has to see that, of course, put this in the least priority, because what we are trying to achieve here is to reducing the risk and coming getting the volatility down. Right. So but of course one needs to see what kind of instrument we are investing into and what kind of taxation provisions are there so return what I right. am getting after the cost and the tax which matters to me because that's the right. net return I get in my pocket so see right. what kind of period provisions are there what kind of variation in return you will get if I am investing in a debt fund and let's yeah. say interest rate scenario is looking uh, not that great or let's say it's increasing interest rate scenario then you might have a capital loss also so right. I think just we need to take into Consideration this SLR framework and we should invest uh, accordingly in any particular instrument when it comes to debt.
1: Sure, sure. And, you know, what would you recommend should be, you know, at the minimum an allocation to debt in every investor's portfolio, you know, at, at least this should be the minimum debt that, uh, you know, each investor should carry. And also, does this include EPF, which already might be part of their, you know, salary structure and, you know, a certain amount would already be going as part of uh, their salary and should also be, I guess, considered as part of their investment.
0: Definitely, Jesh. EPF should be considered and when we are analyzing how much actual allocation one needs in the total uh, portfolio. So, EPF is a debt allocation and one needs to consider this aspect also. But of course, one needs to link this to a long-term goal because most likely people will shift this EPF even if they are changing a job and they will withdraw any other retirement. So, PPF should be considered for that long-term goal of debt. And, again, this is nothing like a rule of thumb I believe into when it comes to having a debt. But, generally, if we see, at least, I, I believe that it should be in the range of Minimum ten to fifteen percent of debt each and every individual need. Even if they are young, they should have this this much allocation to a debt, considering their risk profile is aggressive. But still, I think fifteen percent of debt is good mix to start with. Right. And they can experience that how how helpful it will be when there there is need of liquidity or there is a events like sudden crash in the market. So depending right. upon that, keep. But at least fifteen percent, just I think is right. fair
1: enough. Right, this is over and above EPF because EPF, like you mentioned, is mostly for your retirement goals and your other long
0: term. True, 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 true. We yeah, agree, agree. This is over and above the EPF. So, one total consideration of uh, any any debt allocation we are thinking, we need to add on. It's over
1: and above the EPF, right? Just. Thanks, Nitesh, for joining us today and you know showing us why debt is an important asset class that every investor should have in their portfolio. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. If you liked this episode and would like to hear to more such interesting conversations, do log into to our channel, Why Not Mint Money on Spotify, where you'd always find me omnipresent. Also, if you have any new ideas or suggestions, you can DM me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at the rate Jash Kriplani, that is J-A-S-H-K-R-I-P-L-A-N-I. You can always reach out to us over the email. Our email ID is mintmoney at the rate live